Stefan Molyneux, freedomainradio.com, Stefan Molyneux on Twitter, YouTube Free Domain Radio as well. Uh, a lot going on. Thanks for joining us via Skype. I just threw a lot out there. What do you want to tackle first? Oh, let's just talk about the incipient victory of reason and evidence, Alex. Uh, I am pumped. I am thrilled. Today, it's Brexit Day. Woohoo! Breaking free of the raft that is going over the Niagara into collectivized statist nightmares. So this, I think, is the beginning of the crack up of the EU. I know there have been some setbacks, but uh, I think it's beautiful. Uh, the fact that the EU, this great collective mess that was foisted on Europe against the will of the citizenry, they had to have referendum after referendum after vote till they got the one that they wanted. The fact that this experiment is cracking up in a similar time frame that the Soviet Union cracked up shows that there is still reason and sanity in human affairs. And I'm very excited about what's coming up. I agree with you. I mean, clearly, even globalists admit the tide's going out. They're in crisis. Their answer is more wars and an alliance with Islam that can't even tie its shoelaces, and they're constantly killing each other. What the hell is the left with marches everywhere putting hijibs on women? And I mean, I can't even make something up this absurd. Well, here's the thing, right? So this, this collectivism that happened in Europe now, the Democrats have a big problem in that they lost, right? They had a very experienced candidate running against a first-time newbie, and they lost. So they have to come up with some reason that protects the elites as to why they lost. So now it's all Russia and all this kind of crap, right? It's the same thing when you had two giant world wars in Europe in the 20th century. Within the space of a couple of decades, the elites were facing rebellion within their own ranks. So they had to make up this story as to why we, uh, we had all these terrible wars and 50 million people got killed and so on. And their answer was, ah, Alex, do you know what caused these wars? Borders. Yes, it's borders. So if we get rid of borders, it's not the elite, it's not the military-industrial complex, and it sure as hell isn't central banking. Never want to touch that. It's borders. Like, in other words, if your home gets robbed, the problem is your walls. So if we take down your walls, everything's going to be fine. And so the fact that they had this argument was fallacious. In Austin zoning, they are now under Gen 21, not allowing walls on new homes or apartments. No gates, no nothing. But the elites all live in the old part of the city and are building bigger walls. You cannot make this up. And of course, since you mentioned the fact that absolutely globalism was the answer to these wars that they admittedly stirred up to bring in the League of Nations and the UN, David Rockefeller, who just died last week, admitted in his memoirs, uh, reflections and other books he wrote, that his family actually helped engineer this and they even helped fund hitler and the kaiser Wilhelm institute to control the full spectrum i mean talk about nastiness they don't want us to have nations so we can get together and resist their globalist operation well and people of course think that the eu was some spontaneous organization of the masses like oh we've, we're facing giant consolidated totalitarianism uh, on behind the soviet bloc and so on so what we need is another giant layer of bureaucracy and central planning because that's how you fight communism it's with socialism i've never for the life of me understood that logic uh, that's like fighting a headache by cutting your own head off but of course it was the american elites who helped fund the origins of the eu it came out of precursors to the cia they never funded less than half of the groups advocating for it. It is a globalist, centralized, CIA-based, collectivist nightmare. And finally, finally, Europe seems to be waking up from this nightmare. Stefan, it's, it's dangerous to pause for me because I'll run over you. But, but I, I, look, what you're saying <laughs> I'm is... I'm giving you room to speak, Alex. I feel that's the only simple thing to do. What you're saying is not your opinion. I mean, you are literally stating reality. And, and I love how they keep saying, you know, the right wing is in its own bubble, the left wing is in its own bubble. I'm not right wing. What I didn't like Bush when he was doing it, they called me a leftist. I'm a nationalist, a common sense guy. Uh, I'm somebody that wants sovereignty. I want local government. 
Uh, America isn't perfect, but the Bill of Rights Constitution is a hell of a lot better than what North Korea and, and you know Venezuela have. Look what's happening. So it's not that America ever even reached 10% of its potential, but it was going in the right direction. And so I agree with you. What's happening is prima facie. It's not like we're here just making up our own narrative and we're the fake news. No, they have brought in 5 million Muslims. 80% of them are military-aged men. They are running around like they own the place. The left is literally bringing them in like reinforcements. And Peter Sutherland of the EU and UN says they're trying to get rid of Europe because it has a middle class. I mean, what's weird is in their white papers they tell the truth, and it's so crazy and so bad then in public they lie, and I'm wondering why would the elite want to blow up the West that gives them this safety net for even elites? Why would they want to bring in authoritarianism when it's the most unstable system? What the hell are they doing? Well, people who are focused on political power are drug addicts, right? We, we know this from studies uh, in, in monkeys, that as you rise through the hierarchy of the ranks, you get endorphins, you get all of these wonderful happy brain joy juices flooding through your system, and it becomes an, you become an addict. They literally are addicts. Of course, they're not playing with their own money. They're playing with our lives and the lives of our children and the security of our institutions. But it's no, you can't expect sense out of these people any more than you can say, well, well, that gambling addict, why on earth would he end up losing his home, losing his house, losing his wife, lying face down in a ditch with a dead hooker. I mean, that's what addicts do. They continue to escalate until they're either cured or they crash. And I think we're kind of poised between the two at the moment. Exactly. So I see what you're saying. Globalism, crony capitalism, on fire, the fake left backing globalism in trouble, the establishment right wing being voted out everywhere as well. I mean, I think Paul Ryan's probably worse than Pelosi because he's actually smart. And then I see Pelosi. We'll play the clip when we come back after break in about 10 minutes. She literally, in multiple speeches, thinks Bush is still president. Uh, Maxine Waters thinks Russia invaded uh, Korea. Doesn't even say north or south. And, and But you can say, oh, we're cherry-picking. No, that was in one press conference. I, we don't even play. They give me press conferences every couple of days. That's even crazier. She is literally has neurological disorders. I'm sad for her. She's clearly almost 80. She clearly you know, has a lot of facelifts and stuff. But the point is, she's got a rotten brain. And so does Maxine Waters, and they are in command. And I mean, it's the, to me, that's what's horrifying is these people are out of their minds. Well, there is a battle on, I would say, a big picture time is the battle is between those who are competent and those who are incompetent, but greedy. Right. Like I'm, I'm incompetent in opera singing, so I don't try and dominate the stage of the Met. I mean, that's that's the way it works. So incompetent people hate competition, which is why everyone's trying to shut down alternative media these days, because mainstream media is terrible, wretched, compromised and, and lacks even the basic integrity that would allow a, a snail to, to stay inside its own home. And so in Europe and in other places, they're trying to cut down competition between countries. Why is there so much centralization of regulation and, and control of a currency and control of interest rates in Brussels? Because they don't want individual countries to cut their rates and attract more investment because competition diminishes the power of centralized oligarchical authority. And so they love layering more and more regulations. This is why power tends to aggregate to the Fed, uh, to the Fed, to the uh, federal government, rather than allowing states to compete. Because California will keep spending and spending and spending. But what's happening is so many people are fleeing California. At some point, they're going to run out of tax livestock. So this movement to centralize and make sure everyone's running off the same standard is just a way for incompetent bureaucrats to never face competition from slightly more competent bureaucrats in other countries. So let me ask you this. Again, great opportunity, global awakening happening. But like you said, they're incompetent but greedy. I don't understand it. I mean, the more, quote, power I get, the more concerned I am, the more careful I am, 
the more I watch what I say, when I say something wrong, I apologize for it. Uh, you know, I have children. I guess I'm getting older. But as I get more, quote, power, I feel more humble and like a steward thinking about the whole species. I don't say that to that goody two-shoes. It's really true. Then I watch these people that claim they care about everybody. But as you know, statistically, we're not left or right, but using that paradigm, leftist in Canadian studies, British studies, six, seven times more likely to steal, but to, but many more times likely to to to, to virtue signal that they're actually giving and telling everyone how to act. And then I think back to when I was like 18, my mom threw me out of the house. I just graduated high school and we'd moved houses. And, uh, she, you know, she bought some Oriental rugs that today I think are awesome looking. And I was like, I don't like these. Why don't they that color? My mom looked at my dad. She goes, David, get him the hell out of here. And she was also mad. I was bringing my girlfriends in and making, you know, they were being rude to her in the kitchen or whatever. And so she's like, you know, get him the hell out of here. She loves me, but it's time for you to be gone, buddy. So it was only at that point that I genetically needed to have my own house that I was telling my mother what to do. And I think it's the same thing. They've never built their own houses. So, of course, they want to micromanage everybody else's because once you have your own family, have your own house, have your own friends, you would never get involved with somebody else because you're too busy with your own life. Well, here's the thing, Alex. I mean, I think I can speak for both of us. Our power, as you call it, is not coercive. It's not political. We can't force anyone to do a damn thing. We can't force people to listen. We can't force people to support you. Can't I don't want them to. to. I mean, it's like no, wanting no, a woman to get power. in bed with you because she wants you. You don't want to rape her. So, yeah, our authority is earned through slowly gathered credibility in the free market of ideas. And yes, we make mistakes. We have to backtrack. We're human beings. And, and that's natural. If we claim to never make mistakes, we would have as much credibility as the mainstream media. So your power, which is influence, is gained incrementally over the course of many years of interacting in the free market. You have a reputation, which, as you know, takes decades to build and can take 10 minutes to completely destroy. It's not the same as political power. What we have is an addiction, in a sense, to communication through truth, but we're not dependent upon any coercion for our audience. So we don't have that kind of corrupting power. We have earned influence power through hopefully being correct more than we're wrong. Well, and again, this is not about Stefan Molyneux or Alex Jones, but you're a leading guy who reaches tens of millions a week for millions a week, probably hundreds of millions a week soon. Same with Paul Watson. And I just get excited seeing you become even more popular, Paul, other people. But so many other talk shows, I get around them. And they, they are just obsessed with it being them, them, them. Even if they have a good message, they're blinded by the competition, not realizing the greater competition is against the globalist and them wanting to end competition. So I get a thrill out of a guy that's got a super gorgeous wife or a really cool painting they've painted. I admire them. I don't get upset by their skill. I don't, and, and again, talking about us, talking about the different types that are out there so that we can all psychoanalyze ourselves but also what's happening in the world because I just don't understand people that want to pull everybody else down so they can be on top. Instead, why don't we lift everybody else up but don't take something from me that you steal? Then, then they call that greediness that I want to be independent and my own person. Like, I value my individualism so much that I guess it's a cult of individualism and then I see con artists ripping people off and it pisses me off. So you're, you're a smart guy when it comes to this. And I think we're similar in this. What, what, what do you call that then? And, and how do we get other people infected with that? You know, when I was uh, in high school, I wrote a couple of plays and, and I was in a theater group and we did rehearsals. And once we went to a, a friend of mine's place and man, his family was like loaded beyond anything you could conceive of. I mean, I've never seen that kind of wealth. Uh, I certainly hadn't before. And I was like, I was at his house looking around and I grew up, you know, very, very poor, a single mom household and all that kind of stuff. And I looked at all of that stuff. I tell you, Alex, I looked at that and I thought, you know, 
I'd like to get me some of that when I get older. This is really nice. I didn't feel resentful. I felt enthusiastic. I felt empowered. I felt like, wow, this is what is available in life. Maybe I could go out and get me some. And then I became an an entrepreneur in the software field, built a company, sold a company, and so on. And that, I think, is the difference. Whereas some people, I had another guy who came over who basically was resentful and sour and saying everything negative about this guy's place. And he said, you know, the only reason this guy has stuff is that there's a 100 poorer people in the world. And I said, no, it's not a pie. It's not a pie like I get more, you get less. It's growth. If I have a kid, it's not like I've stolen children from someone else. I've made that kid with my wife myself. You've made a new cool entity that can interface with their kids. You've made the world richer, and that's the thing. All the statistics, all the historians, all the economists admit, I mean, probably 99% of them, unless are communists, that when you create incredible wealth, it's not based on slavery, but free market. It then builds the lowest base of the poor, go up even higher. No one can debate that. So, But, but again, we have the ultra-rich who are promoting anti-wealth because they don't want competition, and they even admit it. And that's what's so frustrating. In fact, did you ever notice losers would see somebody that won the baseball game or won the football game or had the best-looking girlfriend, or you go over to somebody's house, they've got an Olympic-sized pool, and it's bigger than your dad's house. You're thinking, man, this is really great. I love hanging out here. Boy, I want to stay friends with this person just because they're so fun. You know, hey, they got a private jet. Isn't that cool? And then you bring your buddy over with them. They're like, yeah, these people are scum. You know, I heard they're getting divorced. You know, I heard he's a loser. They'll like say somebody successful is a loser so they feel good about themselves. And that was the ickiest thing that I saw. Losers were always attacking winners, just making crap up so they'd feel good. Well, but it's a great way of gaining strategies. Sorry, it's a great strategy for gaining resources if you don't want to go out and earn them yourself, right? So I I had a comment on my YouTube channel the other day because I've done a truth about sort of the Native Americans and the relationship that they had, the indigenous Americans with the Europeans and so on. And someone just posted underneath and they said, um, when will white people stop feeling guilty about things they weren't even alive for? And it's like, well, when we stop paying for it, you know, because it's a great resource. If you can convince a rich person that he's rich because his family stole from you, then he may cough up resources through the state or through charity to give to you. It's a way of getting resources without actually having to go through the effort of earning them yourself by inflicting guilt uh, and and self-attack on other people. It's, you know, it's amoral at best, but it's a fairly decent strategy for just getting resources if you kind of suck in general. It is crazy. There's a lot of news topics to cover, and and I've already thrown a lot of points. Uh, When we come back, though, Stefan, what do you want to hit first? Oh, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about Michael Moore. Let's talk about global warming. Let's let's mix it all up with that kind of stuff. In the minute we have, though, getting back to the Native Americans, I have a little bit of Native American. I mean, I'm I'm proud of the Native American. It's great. But I've studied the history. I mean, they would come and say, we're going to kill you if you don't help fight this other tribe. They were just as barbarous and out of control as the as the Europeans. But how they're like made like these little sweet saints by the media, it's, it's total crap. And I had family that was in the tra- Trail of Tears, and because there wasn't just one, folks. I mean, I've got Comanche background, and, you know, that's like the coolest Indian, by the way, and, you know, all the other stuff. It's like, that's a Native American, Native American. You know, whatever, I'll use the politically correct term. It doesn't matter. It's just that none of the real history is there. So let's briefly talk about that some after we get into Michael Moore and so much more and talk about how will the globalists strike back, though, because they're not going to give up. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen, on the other side, infowars.com forward slash show. Spread that link. If you want to see the truth about Native Americans, uh, go see the movie The Revenant. That's very, very accurate. We'll be back. Stay with us. Okay, Stefan, I really want to try to shut up and just mention topics and have you cover them in the, in the 20 minutes or 25 minutes we've got left with you here uh, before you go to your own work at freedomainradio.com. Let's just start here with the censorship. I know you're confident. It's not an act. We are winning. But... 
they're saying use the Federal Elections Commission to sue Drudge and shut him down. As if our speech that say pro-gun is then political speech, so it's regulated. You can't regulate free speech. They just call it political and then claim jurisdiction. Uh, they're saying shut me down. Uh, they kicked us off ad roll. Now they want Google to kick us off the Google ads. This is official Democratic Party, George Soros groups, saying and lobbying. They admit they're lobbying. Um, the listeners need to understand this isn't a game. So, so, you know, like you said, they're losing the intellectual battle. That's why, as cornered rats, they're so dangerous. Well, there's an old saying that Churchill had uh, 1941 or 1942 when England began to, or the Allies began to have some successes against uh, Nazi uh, Germany. And people are like, oh, the end is in sight. And he says, nope, nope, this is not the uh, end. It is not even the beginning of the end. It may, however, be the end of the beginning. And as the old saying goes, they only shoot at you when you're over the target, right? You, you, you're dumping bombs in the ocean. They don't care. But if you're over the target, they care. So the, the degree of opposition is the degree of our success. And it's going to get worse before it get, gets better. The left is fully aware of the role that alter, alternative media has played in fighting collectivism, in, in bringing Donald Trump into the White House, in, in Brexit and um, the upcoming elections in France and other places. They know and they understand how much power we have, how much influence we have, and how much better we are. Because you don't try and censor people that you're better than. Like, it's, it's the runner who's really fast who's going to beat you in the race that you may want to, you know, plant something in his bag so he looks bad or something. If you're confident you can win, you don't bother with this stuff. So they don't think they can win, and they're right. So they're going to use all of these kinds of tricks and tools, but I think we can get the information out in a powerful and compelling and wide-reaching enough way to illuminate them for who they are and what they're doing. They're not friends of freedom. They're not friends of the future. They're not friends of free speech. They're not friends of truth and reason and evidence and all the accumulated glories of Western civilization. They are trying to drag the West back down into a very dark, very nasty medieval collectivist hole. And we have to fight like hell to keep from dragging down there because once we get down there with the surveillance technology that we have now, it's hard to see how we could ever get back out. Beautifully said. Looking at this, our biggest enemies ourselves, if they finally capitulate and start to collapse, they've already admitted economic terror they're trying. I think that's their greatest weakness that they admit with Brexit and the U.S. They're using economic warfare to try to hurt the economy to make us not like Trump or nationalism. It just, you know, they've gone from this whole invincibility with MSM saying they didn't exist to now admitting world government's falling apart and that it's unelected. I just don't see how they ever thought it was going to go on or how Zuckerberg, who thinks he's going to transcend and become some god, or Ray Kurzweil, how these guys, it, it's like they thought they could take hundreds of acres of people's land in Kauai that was native land and just owned by people surrounding his 700 acres. He wanted more. So Zuckerberg, who calls his users dumb Fs, just thought he'd take it. He finally had to back off. It's like, don't they understand that at the end of the day, when they try to dumb us down, it only blows back on them? <laughs> well, it's a truism from history that those from the old world never see the new world until it's too late. And that's why we have to double down more than ever, commit to reaching more people to be more engaging, to be more entertaining. For me, sometimes just to be more goofy, I'll, I'll sing to you in Japanese, whatever it takes to entertain people and, and keep them engaged in the conversation is what we need to do because it is civilization hanging in the balance. We win now. I think we win forever. We lose now, I think we lose forever. The stakes to me are that high, and I am incredibly honored and pleased to be part of this movement to bring truth, reason, freedom, and evidence to the world. We are definitely at the crossroads of the species. 
Yes, and and the lies are all falling apart. Like like Michael Moore is screaming about. Well, to me, it's kind of ironic that Michael Moore is screaming about excessive energy consumption. I'd like to see that man attack a ballet. Uh, sorry, attack a buffet like a great white in a uh, herd of uh, dolphins. But um, there's this lies all coming apart. They say, oh, well, we're really terrified about what the temperature might be in a hundred years. But what about the national debt? What about the close to $200 trillion America has in unfunded liabilities, a massive multimillion dollar nuisance chain around the unborn? Do they not care about that? No, they don't care about that. They care about whether it's one or two degrees higher in 100 years. That's madness. That serves their power. It's just them scripting themselves as a savior. I mean, they even admit in their own internal documents it's all a fraud to take control of all energy and pick winners and losers. It's the ultimate wicked, villainous energy control plan. Well, and... This is what Trump has done that I hugely admire is uh, Keystone Pipeline uh, and loosening restrictions on coal. Look, a civilization requires energy consumption. That's just the basic reality of it. We're either going to get our energy domestically in North America or we're going to ship billions and billions and hundreds of billions of dollars over to theocratic dictatorships that have been implicated in directly funding terrorism around the world. We either have energy ourselves and have jobs ourselves and have incomes ourselves or we shovel untold amounts of money to theocratic dictatorships who wish us harm. There's no third option. And the fact that Middle Eastern countries have been shown to be funding certain environmental groups is because they want to put the big green barrier up to energy independence in the West so they can continue to get our money so they can fund groups to attack us. And that, to me, it's almost treasonous to freedom to, to have not, nothing but opposition to in energy independence from the Middle East. And I feel very strongly about that because I can see the pictures of the people who die from these kinds of attacks. What do you make of Washington, D.C. put a little humble memorial? It ought to be bigger than the Washington Monument for those that died at the hands of communism, the biggest mass murdering regime in history, conservatively 150 million people last century alone, Venezuela collapsing, everything else. And then a bunch of trendies came out and flipped it off, saying there's no such thing as victims of communism. What the hell? What about 60 million Chinese farmers? What about other 20 million killed by the Chai Coms? Innocent people collectivized and murdered and David Rockefeller wrote New York Times articles praising it. And now these, these people, these scumbags, I mean, they live in the lap of freedom bitching and saying we want North Korea. I mean, these people are sick. What do you make of that? I think it's it's pure sadism. Uh, it is pure, horrifying human joy in the destruction of other people's aspirations and hopes and freedoms. I don't know what kind of toxicity in childhood or in the womb or what, what happens to people that turn them that rancid in their souls. But there have been studies where they show people horrifying injuries, you know, nails being put through people's hands in simulated ways and so on. And there's a certain small section of the population, Alex, their happy centers light up. Their little brain orgasm centers light up. That's what makes them happy is crushing hopes, crushing aspirations. And of course, those who want to commission future crimes must bury the bodies of past crimes so nobody can see what they have in store. If everyone knew where communism led to, which is a higher death count by far, by far than Nazism. It is the most destructive and toxic ideology the world has ever seen that's not theological. It's conservative over 150 million. Well, let's expand. Countries that actually were through hardcore communism, even the communists in China, apologized for Mao and his wife and say he went too far. Uh, the Soviets had big debates and apologized for Lenin and, and Stalin. They, they, they say, no, it's perfect, it's wonderful, and F, victims of communism, most of them poor farmers didn't even know what it was. I, I just look at these people. They are such enemies. Well, this is how you know that there's no such thing as zombies, Alex, because if there were, every time one of these douchebags opened their mouths, there would be millions of 
post-Soviet death zombies arising back up from the Holodomir in Ukraine, and there would be millions of them just trying to find and eat their brains and coming up completely empty-handed. It is an unbelievably vicious and evil ideology. And the fact that there are out-and-out communists teaching all over the place in in universities and, and think tanks and so on. I was taught by a particular Marxist professor. He wore a little badge of Marx. You can't conceivably be a Nazi out there teaching National Socialist ideology, but you can be a communist, which has a higher death count, and that is the challenge. That is all the stuff we need to expose, not because of the crimes of the past, but the crimes being planned to come. Exactly. Big universities funded by big foundations, the money of the robber barons, creating communism, and these sick little mental patient professors that couldn't build a barn or, or run, a, run a sandwich shop or wipe their own asses. And I'm, and I'm not a violent guy, and I'm not calling for violence, but I see them saying, kill Trump, overthrow, murder. We got the article on Infowars.com where the deep state is openly saying we're preparing to overthrow Trump. We're going to go after opposition. And it's always little wimps fantasizing about violence. I mean, imagine those little wimps there desecrating that memorial to the dead. If people actually showed up and said, just with bare fists, let's go. Oh, they call it hate crimes everywhere. They want to push ideologies that murder people in mass, but they're going to scream bloody murder if people start kicking their asses. And I'm sorry, well, at a fundamental level, I see them as rat-like enemies, and just my heart starts beating. They are uh, pencil-necked Iagos to the Othello of the state, right? So what they want to do is they want to put out all their poison in their blogs and their articles. They want to put all this poison out. Trump is Hitler. It's the end of the world if we know it. He's, he's bringing about the extinction of the human race by allowing people to burn coal instead of buying— Run for the hills! We're all dead! Yeah, and so what happens is then they get people so inflamed that other people act out their homicidal fantasies. You know, it's, it's like the woman who's really angry at some guy who convinces her boyfriend to go beat him up. And then a memorial to dead people, you got to go piss on it. To sh- that, that's the thing about the communists locally. They go attack the, 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 the Blue Cat Cafe that was in an empty lot. It's a cat sanctuary that's become popular in East Austin. And it's owned by these total liberals. I, I've actually been there before. Uh, I don't want to get the whole story. We're going to adopt a cat. We got one somewhere else. And we're sitting there. And the communists put glue in the, in the keyhole so you can't feed the cats, knock the windows out, attack it. And it's like, be as nasty as they can. Be as nasty as they can. It's like, what cult are they from? Well, if a commie wants to get close to a pussy, all he has to do is look in the mirror, as far as I'm concerned, because it is a cowardly and brutal ideology. If you want to go steal from someone, I completely disagree with it. It's immoral. But if you want to go steal with someone from someone and you don't want the risk of a physical confrontation, right, you don't want to be a mugger because a mugger might have someone fight back pretty strenuously, well, then you go to the state and you whisper that all these people are out there who've become rich because they've stolen from the poor and they've stolen from you. So now, please, Mr. Government, get all of the armaments in the known universe pointed at the rich people and get me their stuff. The big question is, how far does this process go? And what happens? Because I asked it earlier and we didn't get to it. Do they ever capitulate? And then what comes after that, Stefan Molyneux? Well, I guess like dealing with any addicts, there are some who will get better and some who won't. And we, we reach with as much information those who've been indoctrinated, like we were talking about uh, communism and so on. A third of millennials believe that President George W. Bush was responsible for more deaths than Soviet leader Joseph Stalin, uh, who killed millions, you know, just just in the forced famine uh, in the collectivization of farms in Ukraine, between two and seven million people. So a lot of it is just you've been indoctrinated. You don't know what the truth is. You're in the matrix or the statrix that's created by government miseducation. So some people, when they get better information, they're thirsty for it. They red pill with enthusiasm. They wake up. They pursue more knowledge. Other people recoil and, and, and try and avoid it, stick their heads in the sand. We try and reach as many people as possible.
I think, uh, you know, I hate to say if I had some big plan other than what I've been doing for the last 30 years, I would be doing that big plan. I think just, I mean, we have this incredible medium. You and I having this conversation thousands of miles apart. It's going to reach millions and millions of people. They can share it. You know, everybody has their part to play. Listen, people may not have your energy, your charisma, your enthusiasm. Um, they, they may not have my particular abilities and education, but everyone has a part to play. Everything you share, every little shred of information that you bring up, every video you share, every tiny break brave post you make on social media. You don't know who that's going to wake up. It could be somebody with infinitely greater talents than the two of us combined. The power literally lies with the people. There, there are folks who are more articulate than us that just need to start their own shows and do it as a duty and not be scared. You should be scared of not doing it. By the way, what do you make of Noam Chomsky saying he thinks Trump will stage a false flag to bring in Muslims? Isn't bringing in radical Muslims by the millions, isn't that the false flag? Because they're going to blow stuff up. Then you take our rights when they attack. Well, I think everyone knows that there are going to be more attacks. I mean, don't you every morning just sort of look there and say, woohoo, no attacks today. Yay, that's a good day. And so everyone knows there's going to be more attacks and there's going to be an escalation. And in particular, if uh, Marine Le Pen gets in and begins to start to unravel uh, some of the accommodations that have been made to the immigrant population, particularly the third world. Let's talk about that because we're already being held hostage. Ergun says, do what I say or I'll blow it, burn up Europe. We got to call the bluff. I mean, you know, you can't pay the pirate over and over again. Well, Stefan Molyneux will talk about paying the pirate. Doesn't work. Doesn't turn out well. We'll be back. Stay with us. This is in our opinion. It's not my opinion that they were spying on Trump. They admitted they were. It's not my opinion. Obamacare was written by insurance companies to screw you over and raise prices and, 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 and you not have an open market. And so we just kind of hit that point where... You have a lot of losers that imagine they're part of the power structure. And that goes for Republican blue bloods and others as well who think, you know, they're, they're, I'm with the establishment. I'm compromising. You can't compromise with cancer. Stefan, other points, my friend. Well, I think it's important to remember when you're looking at the American political landscape, not just the Western political landscape as a whole, is that the leftists have, lo have lost the war of ideas. You could argue they lost the war of ideas almost a century ago when Ludwig von Mises published his great works against socialism and collectivism and central planning and so on. The left has lost the war of ideas, and this is why they're turning to censorship. Uh, this is why they're turning to outright vote buying in general, just by offering more and more uh, government programs to more and more people. And it's hard to understand things like Obamacare. I mean, the left has wanted single-payer health care for, for decades. But, but why and they, do they can't want stop, like Venezuela. It doesn't matter no, if it they, kills they them, they'll just keep doing it. Because um, they want more and more third-world migrants to come to the West because those third-world migrants come from collectivized cultures, come from tribal cultures, and vote for big government. 80%, 85%, 90% in some regions and among some demographics. They regularly vote for the left. So why did you need Obamacare? Because it was really, really tough for immigrants to get health, the health care that they wanted. So they had to pass that, not because they care about people's health care. If they did, uh, there wouldn't be so many kids being drugged in schools. They'd shut that down right away, in my opinion. But what they want to do is they're constantly trying to get people in, bribe money, print money, who are going to vote for the left. Why? Because they have no arguments whatsoever. Their arguments have been defied by history, by logic, by economics, by the mounting pile of bodies of socialism around the world. That's being added to now. People hunting for rats and pigeons in the sewers of Venezuela. So they've lost the argument for ideas. And now it has all become manipulation. It has become ballot stuffing. It has become illegal immigration. And it has become massive vote buying in the form of government yeah, programs. Sell the so world out to be to in remember. charge for another week even though it all collapses, and the elites are running off to, like, the Pacific everywhere, Tasmania, Kauai, you name it, admitting they think it's all going to collapse. Wow. 
Well, it is. And, and all you have to do is ask yourself, if, if illegal immigrants voted for Republicans, would the, Demo- would the Democrats be so keen on having them in? And everybody knows deep down what the answer is. They're being used as human pawns. They're not being used as individuals. They're not being appreciated as individuals. They're being used as objects for the addict to get his power lust, the one drug that drives them mad and might bring us all down if we don't fight their addiction. Power, power, power. The greatest drug, the greatest ring. I think we know in which lava pit metaphor they need to end up to me the greatest power is the thrill of seeing success of everybody and competition and the huge college of open ideas and to see your children with other children living into the future and the dreams of humanity and having individualism and, and just all the incredible choices it gives us it's so sexy compared to doddering pelosi and kim jong-un every state-run thing always has like this pathetic creature at the head of it like hitler was a pathetic little rat creature Uh, it's like what the hell is this it is the greatest glory in humanity which is a choice of ideas you know when i grew up in england alex we had three channels Two of them, I think, were owned by the government and, you know, the, the corporation which protected pedophile Jimmy Saville. So I grew up with two channels. Now you flip on your computer, you have an infinite choices. I love the competition. I love the openness. There's no shortage of audience for the truth. I think we just keep speaking the truth, keep passionately bringing what people need to hear to their mind. Yeah, because they can shut you and I down. Ten morals sprout up because people now have the taste for a larger palate. Stefan Molyneux, amazing. Thank you. Thank you.